when people become really poorly with their mental health and are not doing well on their own, they can be treated in a mental health hospital. There is a law that means people who are very unwell can be taken into hospital even if they don't want to go. This law is called the Mental Health Act. We know that racialized groups, for example, Black and South Asian people, are more likely to be taken into hospital against their will under the powers of the Mental Health Act. This is wrong and it needs to change. So my name's Cam, I'm a professor of psychiatry and I'm leading the project at Oxford. My name's Rasheen, I'm a researcher at Oxford and I am co-leading alongside Cam a project called the Experienced-Based Investigation and Co-Design of Approaches to Prevent and Reduce Use of the Mental Health Act, which is fondly known as COPACT. The government asked for more information about the experiences of people who are affected by the Mental Health Act and why this law affects some people more than others. Politicians, lawyers, doctors, patients and other experts have independently reviewed this law and have made some suggestions for how it should be changed. This is happening now, but it's a slow process. We received funding to work alongside people who had experience of receiving care under the Mental Health Act in the last two years. We wanted to find out what it was like for them, so we asked them to share their experiences using photographs. Over 50 people in eight locations in England took part and shared 500 images. We also held group discussions with people so they could share their experiences with each other. This photographic exhibition shares some of their stories. It is taking place in some of the cities around England where people who took part live. Manchester, Birmingham, Oxford and London. We want the people affected by the Mental Health Act to come to these exhibitions alongside other members of the local community, as well as mental health professionals, people who run mental health services and politicians and policymakers. Our idea is to use the in-person and online photo exhibitions to help people connect and start some conversations that can lead to real change. We want people to look at the photographs, read the captions, and think about what it's like to be very unwell with mental health problems. We want people to understand how it really feels to be taken against their will into hospital, sometimes far away from their homes, friends, family and pets, and treated in a way that is very frightening and painful. This can affect people for a long time. They feel troubled and stigmatised, 
and are concerned about what people think of them for the rest of their lives. want to bring together lots of different types of people to talk about how we can make things better. We would love to hear your thoughts on the photographs and experiences and how you think we should change the law and the policies around mental health care. Hello, my name's Bobby. I'm sorry about my rough accent, but that's the East Limit. It's all been good, especially the photo pictures. It gives you the time to like try and make people understand your photos by the way you, you put them together. And they ask about your pictures. Why did you take this? Why did you take that? What was the meaning behind it? And like, yeah, it's good. I'm not going to say what photos I took because you can all see for yourself and see if you like them or not. But yeah, it's good for me, very, very good for me. Get there early in the morning, start start, start the work and that. It's a good thing, a very good place to be. And Compact, as I said, have lifted me to a platform I could never, ever reach. I never, ever thought I could reach. I'm very, very happy about that. I feel so comfortable working with this. It's a nice feeling to Just from working through photographs, road, road paths and so forth, you can get to where I am today, you can get there. I feel so for people who can't find Kopak and who can't join the meetings and who hasn't got the savvy to like communicate with people. Like I feel so for them people, I do because they won't experience this, what I've experienced. People are trying to bring us together, try and solve a problem, give our input, inject what we feel. It's all like very positive very, very positive and for us to be as a collective come together as one. Yeah, it was great. As I said, I used to, I used to leave there after every meeting saying, yeah, we're a smile on my face. I really am. I can't, I can't believe it, but it's a good thing it's happened and it's a good thing I'm involved in it. And I take everything away and I bring it back to them and I share my stuff. I don't mind to do that. I mean, yeah, because as I've said already, it's all good psyche, 100%. You can't, you can't deny that. Well, I, I can't, that's what it was for me. The, the stories about people's experiences the seemingly kind of mundane things that are in the pictures, they all came together when the person told the story around the picture and what it represented to them. Hi, I'm Rose. I uh, was involved in the design uh, of the project and looking at the photos uh, with the project team, also, in meetings with people who had experience of being treated under the Mental Health Act, talking with them about, and bringing their photos, trying to put captions on them from their point of view, listening to their experiences, 
around the, the photos that they'd taken. So I think if you're walking into, the, into this exhibition, I think it will be, maybe if you go to other photographic exhibitions, it will be something quite different. So what we asked people to do were to, to go around with little disposable cameras and take pictures that represented to them, told a little bit, some, something important about their story about being admitted to a psychiatric ward under the Mental Health Act, so that is against their will. And so they represent sometimes what like, might look like commonplace um, things, but have they they might need some like more time and and kind of sitting with the picture a little bit more to have a think about what the picture is trying to convey for example there's quite a few pictures around medication and and the story there is around feeling like there's too much of an emphasis on medication in terms of being treated on, in a mental health ward there's quite a few pictures around feeling a bit restricted and being alone um, being cut off from other people in terms of family, pets, communities, maybe pictures of people's homes, so their kind of home environment that they would really have kind of been cut off from while they were on the wards. There's a photo of, for example, a litter box, um, and I'm not sure about the exact um, kind of interpretation about that, but some people spoke about, you know, feeling like kind of garbage and like like of, of no interest and, and no use to society and just being kind of cast off and being forgotten. I mean, there are kind of difficult, distressing photos that probably do need kind of some time to sit with and reflect on what they might be conveying to us. But also then there's quite kind of hopeful, um, more hopeful photos and People spoke about the importance of, you know, being, getting out to green spaces and being, you know, having, once they were able, and the kind of how important that was for their mental health in terms of recovering and also interacting with other people and how that connections with their social, you know, their families, their friends, their communities, and how important that was in terms of them kind of building up their mental health again. First of all, working with people with lived experience of being sectioned and being treated under the Act. Well, it's always very humbling because you listen to people's experiences of how traumatic and how difficult these experiences really were and how distressed people are at this time and, and, and how difficult it is and how they've managed to get through and kind of move beyond those experiences. So I think, and obviously, the kind of details of what they were saying to us about kind of what life is like on the wards um, and how really, really challenging it is. So it does feel like there's, you know, we do have quite a way to go, but that we can work in quite creative ways together um, to make small changes. So, for example, you know, while people are on the wards, you know, even offering people a little bit of discretion or choice in having a cup of tea or it's small things it's not about although kind of increasing choice and autonomy is a big part of the um the proposals in the draft mental health bill 
it's not often kind of huge kind of things that people want change. It's actually quite small things that they want while while they're on the wards to make the you know those those you know their experiences on a day to day basis a bit more um, acceptable. Um, but making small changes can lead to like really improving people's experiences of having a little bit more respect and autonomy on the wards. I mean, it was a really brilliant project, um, and and the people there was there's such a like great creative energy um, around trying to move from obviously such difficult experiences to trying to work together to be really creative in how we can make changes. Hi everybody, so I'm Doreen and I'm a peer researcher on the COPAC project at Oxford University. It's not just a job, it's been a pleasure and um, it's a responsibility as well, not only to the members of the PPI reference group, but um, members of the team who are involved in doing the research and a responsibility to the people who have agreed to be part of the workshop and to be interviewed and to share their stories and to share what they intend to, their stories will achieve. And really we all have the same aim, which is to reduce and prevent the Mental Health Act use, to prevent people getting detained. And if they are detained, to get better treatment, really and truly, because until such a time as some other system comes in, the fact is that people are going to be detained. But when they are detained, what can they expect? And we really, we, we want improvements, and that's why we're here. And this is why the, the um, Co-Pact exists. My name is Elizabeth. I am a peer mentor. Um, working for Birmingham Mind and in partnership with the NHS um, Adult Mental Health Services. I'm also really passionate about mental health activism and advocacy. I wasn't being listened to um, very much because uh, I was trying to say I need help. A mix of the pictures were taken during my time on the ward and some of them were taken after or just um, before I was um, in hospital. I document my journey from a teenager um, taking photographs around mental health. I think that's this this project's reignited that creativity in me and that um, that passion to use the arts or use a creative platform to highlight my journey. It was it was quite a cathartic experience, I think, because it also made me realise just how far I've come. Road mapping all of this made me realise where I want to go. Yeah, I I definitely want I definitely want to use this as a platform for me to to go further, maybe even do a campaign around 
my experiences and highlight just how how the inequalities that a lot of people face that are similar to me, similar to my mom, and it, it's not it's it it goes deep. I am planting seeds of change wherever I go or I am passing on seeds of change to other people through sharing my experiences. I'd like to, I'd like to think that um, by, by sharing my experiences, um, it also motivates other people or it helps other people deal with what they're going through. So something I've, I've, I've recently been saying is that I use my past to heal my future. So um, it's not that I don't feel anger and that I don't feel the frustration. I absolutely do. Um, and like, like you said, it, it, I definitely do. But, I've, but it's the way that I've learned to channel it. Um, I, I want to make change. I want to make meaningful, positive change. I, I want to, I, want, I definitely want to use my experiences in a way that spurs on more hope more positive action that action is that is is a key word I don't I don't just want to sit on my experiences anymore I think I've I've gone past that I I want to take action now so definitely using my past to heal my future So hi, I'm Alex Rakeen. Um, I'm a barrister specialising in mental health and mental capacity law, and I'm also a visiting professor at King's College London. So I spend a lot of time thinking about how the law works in the courts, but also thinking about how the law works more generally and how the law might change. And I was also the legal advisor to the review of the Mental Health Act, which reported in 2018. The Mental Health Act is a piece of legislation which has been around for a very long time. Um, I mean, there were reforms in 2007, there was an act in 1983, but actually the real bones of it are bones created in 1959. So that's a really, really old piece of legislation. And it's really out of step with modern thinking in, in many, many different ways. First and foremost is that it treats people really as problems rather than individuals. So the act is really geared towards allocating people to certain boxes depending on the nature of their illness and the severity of their illness without starting in a way that most other law would, would, would work in relation to most things, which is start with the person and then work outward from them. I think it's also really important to emphasise that a really immediate reason why the Mental Health Act reform process started was increasing and unavoidable and disturbing evidence that the Mental Health Act is just used in an astonishingly disproportionate way racially. The statistics when I was involved in the Mental Health Act review were really bad, especially in relation to Black Afro-Caribbean people, in particular Black Afro-Caribbean men, 
and really troubling they've only actually got worse in the years since the review reported in 2018. So there was a really immediate feeling that something needed to be done uh, and that's only increased subsequently and we're still waiting for legislation uh, to come forward to try and pick up the reforms which are recommended actually now as long ago as 2018. So when I'm looking at these photos, I'm wishing that I had them to hand and we'd had this project up and running during the life of the Mental Health Act Review, because they would have really brought into the room in all of the meetings, the actual experiences of people involved. The, the review had a really strong focus on trying to make sure people with lived experience were involved and people with lived experience were involved at different stages and throughout. But actually having the photos here, bringing out people's experiences right here, right now, is just so crucial. And they bring across things which you simply can't get across um, in words, you can't get across in stories, you can't get across in, in numbers, you can't get across in statistics. And from a pure policymaker perspective, because that's sort of what I am, um, these are so much more useful and so much more important and telling when you're trying to get across real change. Because when you're trying to show people this is what's going on, this is why things should need to be changed, we've got this evidence here. So that I'm looking at it as a sort of how can we bring about change perspective and as I say I just wish we could have had this project up and running five, six years ago. So to me, one of the things that really has struck me working in this space and in particular thinking about how to reform it, one of the things which has struck me is how often, how easy it is to overcomplicate things and to get too kind of carried away with grand ideas about where we might go and what the law might do and all this big picture stuff. And actually it's just really simple things about respecting, responding to the person as a human being. I will never forget being on a platform with a, an individual who has a very complex mental health history, a complex relationship with mental health services. And one of the things that he said, which always just floored me, and really these photos remind me of, is he said, I just wish you could legislate for love. And you can't do that. But if you recognise that's what people need in different ways, uh, and love, respect, humanity. That's what you can really get from people working within the system at all sorts of different levels. And these photos show the meaning to the individuals in receipt of that love so powerfully. What I'd really like people to be thinking as they walk away from this experience is to hold in them on hold with them the fact that people who may experience mental ill health are first and foremost people and also that uh, hold in their minds hold in their hearts the fact that we are as a society in a much better place than we were some years ago where the last time, for instance, mental health reform was considered, it was largely considered from the perspective of people with mental health conditions are just dangerous. What can we do to stop that danger? Now, actually, it's recognised that people with mental health conditions are by and large in far more danger from other people than they are in terms of posing a danger. 
And we've got to think about how we can maintain that idea and recognize that idea and then work on, well, how can we make sure people's mental health conditions are not exposed to harm, whether that be in the community or in services which are designed to help them. And the photos really bring home how often it's people in services designed to help them who are actually suffering harm at the hands of those services. And to then think through, well, how can we make sure that that's removed? How can we make sure that's minimised? And again, not to think about necessarily this is all incredibly complicated. Think about what small steps can be taken and small and concrete steps can be taken. <laughs>